Uh, okay, we've been talking about the realm of the invisible and the heavenlies. And what's happened is, is you know, um, you, this is your church and you'd know that we were away for a while. We, we used uh, some leave up and we, we were on an amazing adventure through Europe and then I was in Amazon uh, a total of about six weeks. And even when you have a break, um, uh, say, I don't know, over Christmas, is that there is a cycle. There is a cycle where you're always preparing for meetings from Tuesday nights to Sundays to internship and so on and so forth. And so I love it, it's a privilege. But when, when the Lord pulls you right out of that for, for a month and a half, what happens, He starts to speak to you and, and things crystallise on the inside of you, especially when you're aligned with anointed people like Anna Mendez and others. And God's really, really uh, uh, impacted me because firstly, there was a break of routine, but uh, uh, the ability to be able to, you know, uh, um, people talk about prayer and I understand pray without ceasing, but when you travel through Europe and you share a room with your wife and two kids, there's not a lot of prayer going on, okay? There, there isn't, but you learn, to, you learn to engage, you learn to look, you learn to, you know, uh, if I would go into a church, massive basilica type deal, there would be, uh, you know, there would be tourists, there would be people going shh like this, and, and, and you have to learn to connect with the Lord in a different way. You know, if I was sort of in, in, in the Basilica of Assisi and all of a sudden you've got, you got the, the groups and the kids coming through and all of a sudden you're going, thank you for breaking the bread. Oh, it's sort of like throw the bum out, you know. It, you, you just have to, you know, I had to engage so many different modalities. And um, especially in the Amazon, there were times where uh, we were in the boat and they said, just be quiet, just just." Like don't want chatting and, and all that sort of stuff. So you're going through to different areas of the jungle, uh, macaws, monkeys, um, all sorts of stuff. You know the story, we go to baptise the Amazon and say to the guy on the boat, you know, do the usual two-stroke you know, developing nation number, you know, in the middle of nowhere. So where are we going in the water? Is there piranhas? Oh yes, yes, many piranhas, but the electric hills are a lot more aggressive. I'm like, praise the Lord. So you learn to find a place in that, uh, uh, you find a space between the spaces. One of the things that has just, we've, we've taught on it before, we've revelated on it before, and, but it's just been so confirmed, is that living in the heavenly realms, the invisible dimensions of God. You see that all across the world, First Nation peoples, Indigenous peoples understand the spirit world a lot better than the West. The West has been under the Prince of Greece. So if we can't see it, it must be the future. And so we are so governed by our senses. You can have great theology and doctrine. It really doesn't matter. It's what's in your subconscious because Jesus said, whatever you believe in your cardia, your heart, and do not doubt, will come to pass. So this is why we need to really make sure we believe what God has said, as opposed to interpret it and completely got it wrong. One of the things that, that's very important is the Bible is written from and to be read from a heavenly perspective. Jesus said over and over again, can you imagine like you're, you're a religious leader and can you, this is, you'd find this a bit offensive. 
I am from above, you're from beneath. <laughs> How are you going? Come over for coffee, Jesus. Any insights? I am from above, you are from beneath. And you're like, right, um, okay, I've got an appointment. Anyway, so he kept, even to Nicodemus, he said, I'm trying to explain to you earthly things. What about heavenly things? You know, and Jesus says, unless you're born from above, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. I understand that we do use that. We do use that as a salvation scripture. And I don't think it necessarily means that. See, unless you're born from above, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. You will, you know, if, if you leave this tent, this physical body, you'll see God, you know. Some people, they have a ministry of helping people come close to God all the time, okay. And so, and so you will see the Lord. However, is that it, it says, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you believe and confess that Jesus is Lord and God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So I believe there's an entry point. There is a, there's, there's a sense of heaven invading the inner world of, of, of man. However, there is a lot of people who are, they name the name of Christ, they're saved, but they would have no idea about heavenly realms. So we've got to make sure that we are born from above. And I'm not talking salvation. Because when you start to see, uh, you, 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 you talk about heavenly things and people are like, what? This is crazy. And, and so much of the New Testament really, really is, is, is preached in the Old Testament. And we're not talking about covenant and law. We're talking about what the prophets reveal. So, so we also, we have been, we did a, a short series on uh, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry that he, you know, he who ascended, first descended in the lower parts of the earth, led captivity captive, that he may fill all in all. But actually it doesn't say fivefold. It says ascension. So, 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 so this is really important because unless those categories of, of equippers are an ascended, living an ascended life, they are just doing this horizontal community building deal as opposed to being ascended and actually teaching people how to ascend. That's what the ascension gifts are for. Jesus said, where I am, there you'll be also. And because we, we get locked into the matrix of the five senses, we go, oh, that's a future time. No, it's not. No, it is not because it says that he, he gave the fivefold, uh, the fivefold, the ascension gifts that he would fill all in all. That was post-resurrection. So we're in a place where the Lord is, is saying from Colossians 3, he said, seek those things, set your affection on things above where your life already is hidden in Christ. See, a lot of people looking at you like you're talking another language. See, everything you need is in Christ and that's in heavenly places. It's not a future event. This is why we need to regularly be connected to the place where we really are. So you go, well, I'm born again and I'm going to, I'm born from above, see the kingdom of heaven. You know, you, you wanna spend time setting your affection so you do have dreams and visions, you know? I have seasons where it's sort of like, it's, it's it, you know, maybe two or three a night. <laughs> I've got to tell a dream. I've got to tell a dream. I wasn't, I wasn't planning to do this, right? But I was in Sydney. This is a couple of nights ago. I was in Sydney and I was with some people from the church. And I had to help an emu. And this emu was running around. It was in danger of getting run over. Okay? Danger of getting run over. And so I like, I had this sense of, oh, you know, responsibility. And I can't ever say I've hugged an emu before, but it's like, you know, picking up a feather duster with some, with three limbs coming out of it, right? And so, and so I remember I had to look out, all this sort of stuff. 
And the Lord was speaking to me. He said, much of the church is a flightless bird. <laughs> and it needs assistance to ascend. So this stuff all the time. See, this is, this is not superfluous and it's not cute charismania. It's actually what it is. It's indispensable reality. Jesus said, I need you. He, he's the heavenly man. He's born from, he, he's from above and we need to be born from above. This is why we've been talking about the invisible. It says in Hebrews 12, 22 to 24, you're already in Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. You're already there. It is not a future event. And so we've been talking about, you look at the first three days of the first three days of creation, God is not creating the natural world, He's creating the supernatural world. All right? So, because there's no moon, there's no sun. It actually says, let there be light, and He separated the light from the darkness. That's, that's actually, that's before there's a sun. This is the dimensions of the Spirit. It actually says in Hebrews chapter 1 that God created the worlds through Jesus. So we're talking about He separated the waters from above from the waters beneath. He separated them. Oh yeah, that's clouds. That's the ocean. That's not what it says. The waters above are, is the river of life. The river of life. The, the, and then what happens is that you start, to, you start to map the invisible and you're going, oh my goodness. So I, when I am leaning into the realm of the Spirit and maybe praying uh, in the Spirit, the river of life is coming through me. yes. So I'm seated in heavenly places. Yes. I'm seated with the Lord. Yes. And you start to see reality differently because you start to see it from a heavenly perspective. Can someone say amen? And so <laughs> this isn't a lecture. Okay, we're, 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 it's an ecclesia here. We're, we're, so, you, you, you know, <coughs> it actually, uh, we'll get to it later, but it says, praise Him, you waters above. Now, I, when you try and make God like you, your life will be really boring. But when you open up and yield to Him and He speaks to you and you get conformed to the heavenly image, you're going, okay, it's crazy, it's different, but I'm in. And, and this is, now, uh, um, now that, that water thing, was that I telling you guys about that thing that happened to me? Was that Carl and Amber? Who, it was, you guys? Uh, uh, the, who was it? No, 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 I was, I was, te I was, I was telling the Word of God. All right, and a tube of water. Okay, someone was staying, someone's in my house late, right? This is what happened. Okay, so I remember like I had a, uh, uh, look, uh, look, I identify, I identify as a, as a male parent, right? I identify as a male parent. However, however, I do have nana naps, okay? So just in, I just want to clarify something. So having a nana nap and and I was sort of like, I remember just waking up, I was in that trance place and, and I, was in the, I was in the lounge room and I clearly saw a, a, a tube of crystal clear water come out and it was like, and it was, it was literally, it was alive. It was alive, it had personality. It actually was playful. And I'm sort of like, and what happened is it, it came out and then it turned like this where I was. So it was coming down the side of the house uh, uh, near where the pool is, it's going right down that side and then it started turning and it's looking for me to play with me. And I'm like going. <laughs> and it had written in capital letters on it, the Word of God. It was the, it was the waters above, the river of life. Come looking for me, but I had written on the Word of God. Now, so was it you guys or you guys? It, 
So oh, that's right, yeah, that's right. So I told these guys, now what happened? I go, I'm gonna tell you guys something, right? And this is a bit whack. And I said, I'm being vulnerable now, right? And then she goes, no, 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 I saw the same thing, but better. No, she, <laughs> she saw the same thing, exactly the same thing, but in, in multiple colours. So I saw crystal clear and you go, what? So there's the river of God is looking for people. To, to, and, and the best way I can describe it, and I'm, I don't wanna condescend, this is a metaphor, I don't wanna con- condescend and shoehorn something into an earthly thing that doesn't quite fit. But who's seen the movie, the, the animation called Moana? The, 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 the ocean's alive, it was playful. And it, it was actually coming looking for me, sort of like, where, where is he? Like this, like really excited, I'm like. And then, and then we were talking, we've been talking about realms of the spirit. And one of the things that Anna was sharing with us, she said, creation is actually innocent. Creation is, in animals are innocent. They can feel when you have fear. They can feel when you're in God. But what you've had is you've had creation being defiled and corrupted through witch doctors, shamans, the new age, uh, uh, um, you know, animism, etc. And I personally believe is because we haven't taken our heavenly places to actually bring order in the earth. We've, we've, we've neglected it. I believe the cry from creation has become mutated where the environmental movement has been used against humanity to enslave. That's a profound statement, but it's got legs, it checks out. So this whole heavenly places and creation isn't sort of like, oh cool, nice. It's actually, we need to know we're already there and that we only overcome from heavenly places in Jesus' Name. It's completely all through the Word. Set your heart, your affection, your mind, your focus on things above because that's where you really are. So we get to live in two worlds. And so what happens, one world is seemingly invisible to us, but we actually can lay a hold of the invisible. We don't actually have to see it with ocular, with our, our natural eyes. So let's just start to build a quick case to, to keep it completely legal and for the people online. Second Corinthians 4.18, if we can read this. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So you actually can look at the unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's do the next one, next verse. I think it's 2 Corinthians again. For we walk by faith and not by ocular vision. Now, this is what's, so you go, so the carnal mind goes, we've got to walk by faith. And unfortunately, uh, faith has become a scary word because people see it as risk, as, as, as uh, walking out to do the trapeze act without a net or to sort of like be on a balancing pole, but nothing underneath. That's not what faith is. Faith is a completely different deal. The just shall live by faith. So when we can't see, you go, the, the, well, we walk by faith and not by sight. What the, does that mean we blindfolded? No, it doesn't mean that. Here's something really interesting. I've got something for the interns on Wednesday. I was waking up and said, Lord, what do you want me to share? And this is what he said to me. So when you go into Matthew 28, and so my wife had something in Matthew 28, she should petrify that I was gonna share what she was gonna share, but the Lord's way bigger than that. And so basically is what blew my mind is you got this, this is crazy. It's so for, for, for Jesus goes up the mountain and He prays, He hangs out with the Father in the glory and He gets the names of the 12 disciples knowing that one will betray Him, son of perdition. So He gets their names specifically. Then He calls them. Now you've got like, like people, you know, businesses and stuff and they just forsook all and they, and they followed the Lord. 
and they all would have been at different places. And then Jesus starts to teach them. And then he starts to, you know, you can imagine sort of like, <clears throat> okay, uh, we're in the synagogue, okay, and um, Jesus walks in and all the demons freak out and you're one of his disciples and you're going, dang, this happens a lot. <clears throat> you know, can you imagine just like, like you're walking with the Lord. There really wasn't that much deliverance going on. I'm sure they had some weird exorcisms, okay. Uh, they ended up badly naked and bleeding, etc. However, what you got is that the only record of casting out demons was through King David and his worship with Saul, all through the Old Testament. They go, what new doctrine is this? Even the demons freak out and, and, and react and, and are cast out. So you're walking with him. Next thing you know, there is multitudes and you're now in the rock star phase. And you, you know, sort of back off, back off. You know, sort of they're checking their little earpieces, sort of like uh, someone's over there standing in a rock, looks suspicious. Uh, just go and check him. Everyone's pressing in. You know, people are getting healed just by touching Jesus. He's, you know, he, he then put you in charge of hospitality, and there's only five fishes and a few loaves. <coughs> and it's sort of like you, you, you're freaking out. And then he says, "Okay, we had a bit of rock star gear, but here's the, here's the deal. I'm going to die on the cross for the sins of the world." Blah 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 blah. And Peter didn't like that because he was going to lose his, his, his staff position. So he was extremely upset. And so Jesus handled him very gently and said, get behind me, Satan. So you're seeing all this crazy stuff happening. He says, I will suffer and die. And I'm preparing you again and again and again. And I'm telling you, you've seen the miracles. You've heard the audible voice of the Father. In fact, three of you were on the mount with me, with Moses and Elijah. To, this is real. This is really happening. Right, And you go, yep, yep, wow, privileged bunch, you know. Then it happens. Then he dies. Now everyone's freaking out because he's going to road to Emmaus. But then Jesus comes back from the dead. And because when you start to you fuse together all the accounts from the synoptic gospels, etc., Jesus said, when I die, right, he said, he said, meet me up the mountain. So they go to the mountain and he got like, you saw him crucified. You saw him crucified. And like, I mean, it was awful. And then now he's perfectly alive on the mountain. And it says this statement in Matthew 28. And they worshipped him, but some doubted. So we find, according to the Lord, these things are not reliable. It's the eyes that we want to see with is the eyes of the heart. And this is why we can see the invisible and engage the invisible realm and the spirit realm, even if it seemingly contradicts our five senses. Because our five senses still have to be interpreted through inner filters. This is why living by faith is the most exciting thing that we've been invited into. And, and so what, we're in a time where we wanna see this accelerated. We actually wanna see this accelerated because it actually said that, that, remember, it says that God wants to unite heaven and earth in Him. So when Jesus died on the cross, chiefly and primarily, it was to reconcile sinful man. However, it, man being the head of creation, all of creation was to be legally restored or legally reconciled to the Lord through the cross. That's why He wore a crown of thorns. You know, I understand the helmet of salvation and the thoughts, I do understand. I don't have a problem with any of that teaching. But, but the, the, the ground became cursed to bring forth, forth uh, uh, three-corner jacks and all those wonderful things that you step on in the riverland. Um, but thorns and thistles. So Jesus wore that because creation was redeemed back to Him. What we have now, we are seeing such 
hectic, soulish disassociation of the religious church because it has no idea about heavenly realities and no idea about what it is to steward and see creation redeemed from its curse and bondage. Hence, we have a universal movement being constructed through very dark and evil people and stupid people. There's always a class called useful idiots. Science got corrupted as soon as money came into research. And science, scientists always agree, their conclusions always come into alignment with those who are paying them. Sorry, I've got to call it out. The science says. I've never seen a, a, bunch, a mashed potato disaster mess of gaslighting narcissism and outright lies that's resulted in devalued humanity. And so this is why we need to engage the invisible. So we take our place and we can see a proper alignment between heaven and earth. This is why God has put us here. Not just to you know, come here, say a prayer and escape by the skin of our chinny chin chin, right? It's actually so we actually get to restore original design. This is why we have to be careful what we believe because I have to be across a number of issues. Again, I can only watch Joe Biden be so farcical. You know, it's like, the, 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 I don't know what's going on. Maybe, maybe his clone batteries are running out. I don't know. <laughs> when you think it's too crazy, if you start to dig and you see how evil Hollywood is, Washington, the media, you blow your grid. You know, all of a sudden, so <laughs> make the bad man stop, you know, and we, because not all of us have that sort of bandwidth. But the, the most important thing is that cannot be fought purely by foot soldiers on the ground. We actually have to understand we are already with Jesus in heavenly places, seated somewhere in, on, or around Zion, and the scepter will never depart. Out of Zion comes the rule of authority. So the point is, how, it, what is the quickest way? that we can synchronise the invisible and the visible. The quickest way, and this is why at the beginning of the year, we were talking about this subject, but it's about manifesting the invisible in the visible world. So let's, let's start with Psalm, uh, uh, sorry, Matthew 21, 16. Okay, we've covered this before. Jesus said to him, do you hear what these are saying? Jesus said to him, yes, have you ever read, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. And you know what? It says, you know, it's something about, Rachel and I have been talking about the, the, the realm of light, light and life. And it says, those who are wise shall shine. It says that in Daniel. You are the light of the world. It says you're a city on a hill. You're children of light, walk in the light. So those who are wise shall shine is you somehow, because you can't generate your own light. God is light. So when you're in proper proximity, you can reflect what, who He is, right? And so, 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 but, but what happens as well is when you praise God, you're actually beholding Him and through choice, you're allowing the veils to be removed and therefore light and life can start to shine in and around you. But this is why we have to perfect praise because we have to, not, not just sort of like, and I mean this sincerely, like I, I'll, like I'll, get, I'll, get, um, uh, I'll, I'll get very moved when I come in here and everyone's worshipping. Because I can feel the King in here. I can feel the King. So sometimes it's not just like, it's not like, boy, they're singing loud today. I can feel a dimension of God, of glory. I can feel it. That, 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 that the Lord is greater than the sum of the parts. It's, 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 it's so incredible. But we actually have to be perfected in this 
There's no, this, is, this is really, really important because if we are to actualize invisible realms and that we're already seated in heavenly places, we have to be perfected in praise. We have to be. You go, you know, what was the major? And, and, and also too, it says sing praises with understanding. So it's not about singing songs. Sort of like, you know, I'm just gonna sing songs. No, 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 no. It's praising God. It's praising Him. It's thanking Him. It's being grateful. Not all songs were created equally, okay? But those ones you're just singing straight to the Lord, you, you just, you, you're beholding Him and, and, and His light is shining in and around through you. So, so the next one, he's, Jesus is paraphrasing out of Psalm verses 8, verse 2, which says this, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength or power because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. So here now, through praise, you get strength because you're actually aligning with the invisible dimension you're actually getting strength. This is, this is actually indispensable. This is why the tabernacle of David has to be rebuilt for the gathering of the Gentiles. Let's just say there's a handful of people here on a Monday or a Wednesday night or whatever, or there's 60 or 70, whatever, right? More, I think the more the merrier. And I think that if you go, it's freezing cold and I'm, and I'm, I'm in a real Ugg boot mood, right? Do it at home. But you don't know what's, you're actually angels ascending and descending, light invading darkness. Do it, do it often. And so, so you've got this incredible uh, pathway through praise, but God gives you, He gives you strength. He ordains strength. So it's not just about singing, it's actually connecting with the invisible dimension. And so I'm gonna say, it goes without saying, but I'm gonna say it. So what that means is, uh, um, Let's have a look here. Now, I'm just gonna go back into the invisible stuff for a second. This is very, very important. Colossians chapter one, verses 15 to 16. I started to go right down too much of a rabbit hole and throw the whole thing out of whack. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, right? Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. And I think it goes on, and in, him, and in him all things exist. And I, I uh, postulated or I put out there that in eternity is because there's going to be infinite levels of glory, infinite levels of frequency, God's presence. And we go, we're just gonna think we're gonna see the whole lot at once. Do you, I, I, I propose to, I put to people that in eternity, there still will be things invisible to us because we haven't grown the eyes of our heart. And I'm not saying that it's gonna be anything like this, but what happens is God says, whether visible and invisible. Remember, remember when the Lord appeared to Daniel by the river, he saw him and fell as one dead, yet the men around him saw nothing, they just felt dread. So, so it, you, can, you can actually be, be sitting in a row of people and everyone is seeing different levels and layers. And I wanna propose is, is that there will always be to a level something that will not be visible to spiritual eyes in eternity, but that we can grow and build muscle according to our intimacy with the Lord. It's very, very exciting. It's an adventure. It's not like some static religion like heaven, hell, say a prayer, you're there, bang, now what do we do? It's just not like that. It's so much richer than that. So, so we, 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 they, they, I, much of the Bible is, is about the invisible world. I would say 90%, 90% of the book of Revelation, the invisible world. So when it's saying uh, the stars are gonna fall to the earth and this is gonna happen, we go, oh, it's gonna be meteor showers. There might be, but that's not the primary meaning. Because you look all through the, uh, the, the, you look all through the prophets 
And I, there's all, there's stars falling everywhere. And it doesn't mean meteor showers. So you start to have a look at it through different eyes because you start to read it from a heavenly perspective. Knowing that the most significant event in history was God becoming a man dying on the cross and then being ascended to the right hand of the Father and resurrection power. Then He made it available to all. He made it available to all through, through Pentecost. So you can have someone, you can have someone walking around the black cube in Mecca, they have a vision of Jesus and they get quickened, born from above, full vision encounter, come to Christ. And in one week achieve more than the church down the road. I mean, this is, this is like, this is just God, completely typical of God that He would just do something like that. Okay, so, but then not just after that, we forget very significant is God made it very clear. This is my, oh, oh, oh Moses, Elijah, three tabernacles, three tabernacles. <laughs> and the Lord, the Father, you know, I reckon, I reckon the baritone voice was used on this occasion. You know, make Charlton Heston look like a soprano. And anyway, and he goes, this is my beloved son, hear him. And then he said, Jerusalem, I'm like a, a, I wish I could gather you, to, gather you together like a, a, a hen, nursing hen gathers its chicks, but you would have none of it. But truly I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another. This generation will see all of these things. The blood of righteous Abel all the way through to Zechariah will come on this generation. And so God's so serious about His Son, He completely squashed Judaism. And people go, oh, that's a bit, no. Because you had, you had the tabernacle, you had the Levitical priesthood, you had the animal sacrifices, no more. It's now about rabbis and synagogues, the diaspora. They were devastated and God wanted it over. And until we understand that, we don't understand I make all things new. We have no idea. We have some sort of weird blancmange mixture that there's Jesus is dying for the Gentiles only. It is not like that. God became a man in the flesh. And he died. The sacrifice for sin was once and for all. Those three events, especially finishing up, because 2,000 years ago in books like Second Peter says, the end of all things is upon us. Clearly not in the natural. It was over the old system of engaging with the invisible creator of the universe. And this is why we worship Jesus. This is why we wait on the Holy Ghost. This is why we worship the Father, because God's been revealed in a whole new way. Can someone say Amen. As soon as you mentioned something like in Judaism, like, oh, better go check that out. You should have already. I'm not, I'm not bashing any sort of uh, 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 faiths or anything like that, but we actually have to see it from a heavenly perspective. God, or eternity, He pinched it into the incarnation, the cross, so we could go back and everything be restored. And, and when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the life, I remember my mother's funeral, I would say, you know, good 85, 95% heathen, thinking, what's he doing with a microphone? And I go, well, I've got it now, there's nothing you can do. The Lord, I wouldn't do, I didn't do, you know, Psalm 23 or anything. No, I, I, I flat out, I flat out said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. We start to see that and then you come into newness. And so when we praise the Lord, we are actually engaging in visible, uh, in visible realms, right? <laughs> and so, so you go, okay, so if praise is such a big deal, if we're meant to praise God around the invisible realm, so that must mean that the invisible realm 
is amazing. That means the invisible world must be openly displaying God's love, goodness, protection, provision, wisdom, glory and honour. See, if we're not meant to just, just manufacture something out of the ether, is praise is meant to reflect a superior reality to invade an inferior reality. So then we start to go, oh my gosh, if I'm called to praise God, which is to celebrate the victory because the word praise means to triumph, it must be amazing in the invisible world. So, because otherwise we're just sort of like making noise and just sort of like it's all just hope and it ain't. Because we're meant to, this is why God, I'm getting ahead of myself, I'm getting way too easy. It's good to get excited when you share God's Word. I think it's really, really good. But holy, holy. Colossians chapter two, verses 14 and 15 says this. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of us. So anytime you're hassled out by something, bit condemned, anything like that, it actually says that God has nailed it to the cross. He's removed it. That's pretty good. Can someone say amen if you think that's good news? That is, that is it's great news. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, and it gets better. It's like a steak knife commercial. Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, uh, triumphing over them in it. In the invisible world, the enemy has been obliterated. Why are we seeing stuff in the world? There's a few reasons. Because people don't believe it and they come into agreement with lies and you go, well, hang on, the truth is the truth. No, no, God primarily manifests on the earth, earth through human agency. Tower of Babel, for instance. Collective consciousness and agreement opened up a portal to another dimension where nothing would be withheld from them. If you can get the church in fear and terror and believing everything's about to go to caca, right? Sorry, translation, fecal matter. Then what happens, rather than go from heavenly places, shine and govern, we, we do what they do, you know. Okay, the eggs over here, over here, and if it's something an unlikely event that the mask will come down, and then and then when we say brace, brace, and then what you do is you put your head down there and say goodbye to your nether regions, and then what happens? Look, seriously, half the church is going brace, brace. Stay under the radar, don't rock the boat. Sorry, sweetheart, it's the Titanic. Okay, and so legit. The, 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 the theology and the eschatology and the defeatism. And so that's what they did in World War II. They thought, ah, Hitler's the Antichrist, come on. It's a lie from the pit of hell in the name of Jesus. It just is. So you, you got here is Jesus completely destroyed the work of the enemy. However, we're the ones that get to reinforce it. If you don't believe it, you'll get bullied. 
I do understand iniquity, bloodlines. I do understand people going through stuff on a cyclical level. I understand it. This is why we fight the fight of faith. And praise is a language of faith. But it says in the invisible world, if you wanna see the greatest manifestation of God's kingdom and power, learn to praise Him in spite of your circumstances. Learn to base your faith and your praise and your confession on your words, on His Word and what He says has taken place in the invisible realm. It would be totally unjust of God for us to praise Him and we are completely defeated in the invisible world. Jesus is Lord. Can someone say Amen? He's the King of glory, King of kings and Lord of lords. And this is why it's exciting. This is why it's fun. It's not a slog. You know, you start to see the, the, the God honours, it says, in, in, uh, don't put this up. In, in, in Psalm 76, one, in Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. Or in Judah, substitute the word for praise. In praise, God is honoured. And that, 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 that's where you get mighty men, mighty women. You work with the, 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 the angel of the Lord, you work with the Lord of hosts and the hosts. You start to see that because you praise the Lord. You actually honour Him. You, the unbelief doesn't bring Him honour. It says, what can man do to me? I went to one of the most dangerous places on the earth when I was 20. The Lord is my helper, what can man do to me? He says, God says this. God says, all right, check this out. God is love. So even if he has other feels, he still loves because he has love. But he can have other feels, all right? So I'm about to go over a bridge. I got my Bible, found out a whole bunch of soldiers got AK-47 the day before, right? And they're probably just cleaning up the mess. I was going over there in the mountains in Southeast Asia. And the word from Hebrew comes to me, God is my helper, what can man do to me? Right, and then it says, "To him who sh-, God says this, to him who shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in." And you're like, <laughs> and it's like, but it's but he still loves us. So this is why, this is why every this, it's not about your well-being. Oh, this church's well-being. There are multitudes who are being affected by the darkness on the earth right now, and God is looking at you as a partner with Him him being the senior partner, to be the agency for justice, change and outpouring. Amen. Uh, You send Judah first. You praise God first. You praise God first. So, Holy Ghost. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. So, with the invisible world, we've got to find out what's happened and then we've got to act like it's true. So the first thing you do is you change your mouth. You change what you say. That's all you do. It's really easy. Change what you say. They're, 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 we're talking, we're talking like God was like, <laughs> He said to Israel, a bunch of slaves and orphans, He said, I brought you to myself on eagles' wings. Right? And it's sort of like, you know, you know all these orphans were like, mm, you know, on the back of an eagle. <laughs> but they just couldn't stop complaining, they couldn't stop whinging. They kept speaking unbelief and God called it an evil report. The reason being, an evil report is the natural, but the report of the Lord is what's happening in the invisible world. Either Jesus defeated Satan or He didn't. And if you see people who had a bad experience, maybe some wisdom was required that wasn't completely there at the time. You know? But, but this is what's so cool, is in the invisible world, where the conditions couldn't be better. You've got Isaiah going up and eavesdropping. You know, it's not like the Lord didn't know He was there. <laughs> and the seraphim, holy, 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 the whole earth is full of His glory. 
And then the Lord's having a conversation with, Lord of hosts having a conversation with the heavenly family. Who shall we send for us? Knowing Isaiah's right there. You know, I mean, it's, it's Hebraic ways and, and supernatural ways are very different to us. Our Lord's allowed me to eavesdrop on conversations, but He's really just talking to me. You know, it's like me looking, it's like the, all of our whole family in the lounge room. And me and Rachel look at each other. Kids are over there and go, who are we going to get to do the dishes? <laughs> Knowing they're right there. Okay. And if no one puts up their hand, we choose one. <laughs> Many are cold. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so he said the whole earth is full of his glory because there are realms and dimensions of glory already over the earth. But it is the knowledge of the glory that unlocks the glory. Who's excited? We have to engage praise. Last scripture, and then we're going to do an exercise of the more finito. Uh, Psalm 148, verse 1. It says, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. This is what we're talking. That'll, we can 86 that. We'll go back to it in a minute. So, this is what's called ascension gifts have to be ascended and they have to teach you how to ascend. You don't have to go into weirdness. You engage the Word of God by faith. The Kingdom of God does not come with observation. Behold, the Kingdom of God is within you, the mystery that was hidden for ages and generations, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And what I would encourage people in this season to do like never before is engage the realm of the Spirit by praying in the Spirit. Because you go, He, 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 he separated the waters from above the heavens, the waters under the heavens, that's the river of God. So if you don't, you don't have to work it all out. If you just yield and obey, yesterday, I, I, I like, we do, we've just, like, there's been a lot going on, all right? A lot going on. And you got your, your, all of a sudden different voices. And I had, to, I had to land some things in my spirit. So I would have spent three or four hours while I did other things. I don't just stand there cross-eyed. I was praying, I was praying in the spirit for hours. Meanwhile, I'm listening to scripture. I've got books open, answering some, uh, uh, you know, voxes and stuff like that. But just like, well, I, I think we need to see a resurgence of people praying in the spirit, and I really, really go after it because what happens, and really, really basically, is that before the foundation of the world, scripture strongly implies this because you're praying mysteries. Before the foundation of the earth, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit had a meeting. Your name came up, where you would live, your colour of your eyes, your family, the details, your callings, and your your giftings in your life. And whenever you pray in the Spirit, you pray what was taking place in that meeting about you. This is why, this is why Paul says, I pray in tongues more than you all. You know, you've got the perfect prayer partner, the Holy Spirit, and He never has ever once prayed amiss. Never once. And this is why we've got to engage the realm of praise and also the realm of the river. So what I want us to do we're going to read out corporately two Psalms and then we're gonna offer up a shout of praise and then we're gonna finito. So I want us to stand if we can, please. We're gonna stand in a second. We'll read two Psalms, uh, Psalm 8 verses 1 to 9 uh, and Psalm 148, 1 to 14. But this is why God ordains strength you're going to need strength, His strength, because you're meant to rule over his, the work of His fingers. Okay? So I want you, and I'm going to do, you know, I understand we don't have the, any follow the bouncing ball. 
I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Uh, but we're going to do a laser pointer. That's right. Then I got nervous. Okay, that didn't work out. So I'm going to try and set the set the pace, and we'll see how we go. Right, to put up the first one, please. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honour. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the path of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Your Name in all the earth. Now this one we're gonna read and when we finish, I'm gonna say Amen and we're gonna offer up a shout of praise. So let's just start. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. Praise Him, you heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the Name of the Lord for He commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the depths. Fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling His words. Mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the Name of the Lord, for His Name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He has exalted the horn of His people, the praise of all His saints, of the children of Israel, a people near to Him. Praise the Lord. Offer up a shout, come on. Thank you. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. 
Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy, 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 Holy. When you start to train yourself, your inner world changes. When you train yourself in this, your inner world changes. And then you start to come into that place. Truly I say to you, if you command the mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart those things you say will come to pass, you will have whatever you say. So we have to train ourselves in the fact we live by faith and not by sight, that we are to see with the eyes of our heart that God is good and the invisible realm, the conditions are amazing. We are not to believe the evil report. We can be aware of some of the lies and even expose them, but we are not to be consumed. It says some things aren't even fit to be discussed. But when we make sure that we are connected to where we already are in heavenly places through praise, we are able to actually speak out of a place of authority and rest. It's called Zion. It's called Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We're gonna leave it at that. We've got moon to this afternoon and, and amazing things happening here. So you guys have a good lunch, a good break, but we're gonna continue to talk about the invisible world and what happens, you're not gonna be moved by what you see, you're gonna be moved by what you believe and what you say in Jesus' Name. Can I get an Amen? amen. Praise God.